Hey, what's good, everybody? It's Cedric Warren, your host of Said Talk. Get it? Like TED Talk, but it's me. couple of things. So I'm probably going to start off every episode this season by saying thank you. Uh, why? Because I'm so appreciative of y'all rocking me with me for a whole first season, 29 episodes. That was crazy. And now you're back for season two. So thank you. Uh, my co-host couldn't join us today, uh, but he is definitely giving us some material to present in this topic today. So for season two, we're back with a more structured setup, if you will. Uh, each episode will fall under one of three, if not all three buckets. So said talk is unapologetically nostalgic. Uh, these episodes will take you back, way back, back into time. Uh, from college days to your fourth grade crush, we're going to take you down uh, memory lane. Said talk is unconventionally educational. So learning can be done outside of the classroom too. Uh, with today's society being very digital, we'll bring you factual information that you or you may or may not have known with the twist usually. And lastly, said talk is undeniably humorous. Laughter is medicine, and we're here to give you a weekly dose of it. Uh, laugh with us as you bring you topics that will surely have you sending those laughing my ass off texts and laughing emojis to your friends and fellow listeners. All right, so now let's get into this topic today. Today's topic falls under the unconventionally educational uh, topic. Uh, this one is something that I mentioned in early in season one, uh, my second episode, as a matter of fact, I asked the question, where are all the black male teachers? Uh, so today I have several black male teachers with me and as well as a black woman educator, and I will let them introduce themselves uh, to give their perspectives on today's topic. So we'll start off with you, Jazzy. Uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, what school you went to and where and what you currently teach. If you need me to run it back, let me know. <laughs> um, so my name is Jazzy Good. I went to College of Charleston, majored in elementary education. Um, I taught, this is my 10th year of teaching. Crazy. I feel real old now. We're getting old. <laughs> um, this is my 10th year of teaching. I am currently uh, the STEM coordinator at a public charter school here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Awesome. All right. And uh, Aldrich? Uh, my name is Aldrich Morton. I am from Greenwood, South Carolina. I attended the University of South Carolina in Columbia, actually where I currently teach in the fine arts program. Nice, nice. Glad to have you on. Uh, definitely experience of uh, the collegiate level is definitely a need too as well. All right, Chad? What's going on, what's going on? Chad Smith here, uh, also attended USC Columbia. Uh, I I actually just left the classroom, but I was in the classroom for six years. I'm now um, in the admin role at WJ Kenyon High School in Columbia, South Carolina. Awesome. And last but not least, uh, Sir Swag himself, uh, Mr. Donald. Donald <laughs> um, wasn't the second. Um, I also went to the University of South Carolina in Columbia, uh, going into my 10th year in education uh, also. And this is, um, you know, 10th year in, in, in the classroom. I'm teaching fifth grade um, math and science uh, team lead at our school in Fairfield County. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you all for being on. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, we have some questions for you all, and we're here to give you, give the audience the perspective of, you know, where are all the black male teachers? Uh, what is the response that you get from students? Um, and what are some of the things that you think can be um, much more effective in recruiting black males, uh, black uh, teachers as well? Uh, so just some background. So after the famous Brown versus Board of Education decision in 1954, Many African-American teachers were pushed out of the teaching profession in an effort to make integration more appealing to white families. Uh, before Brown versus Board of Education, 82,000 black teachers were in American public schools. After that ruling, uh, 40,000 admins and teachers lost their jobs. Uh, over time, teaching became a profession that was dominated by women. And this still remains true today. 
Uh, over 50% of students in U.S. public schools are minorities, but over 50% uh, of these are white teachers, uh, many lacking cultural competence and consideration for black students, which we can see affecting them negatively. Uh, most famously, the school to prison pipeline as well. Uh, people of color, uh, so this includes male, female, however they identify uh, their gender, uh, make up 20% of educations and only educators, excuse me, and only 2% of those are black men. And then lastly, one of the things that I found was a study co-authored by Johns Hopkins University found that having just one black teacher in elementary school significantly increased a low-income black student's likelihood of graduating from high school and considering college. Uh, for a very low-income black boy, the risk of dropping out was reduced by 39%. So that's huge, right? Uh, that's a big number. I mean to say that just it only takes one person to have that big of an impact and you hear people say how much teachers make an impact um, and how much black men can make an impact in black boys lives uh, there it is statistically right so uh, my first question is probably one you probably all think and this actually stemmed from a social experiment that was going around social media. Uh, it was like, what grade did you have your first black teacher? So, um, Donald, I'm going to start off with you. Uh, did you have a black male teacher? If so, and when? Uh, never. Never never had a black male teacher. Um, whole time coming up through school, I... Um, did all my, you know, my grade school education in Sumter County. Back then it was two districts. Um, so coming up through there. Now I had my, my first male teacher, which is a, was a white, white man um, when I was in fifth grade. Um, and I had another one, you know, seventh, eighth, a um, couple in high school. But um, well, let me say, no, no, no regular education. When I got to high school, I had a band director. He was black, but uh, we're talking general education, never, never had a black male teacher. And it was, I guess once I got to that, got to high school, not, not that it was irrelevant because I enjoyed um, having him as my band director, real down to earth, probably most, you know, you can connect with a teacher on your, on being real. Um, <clears throat> but I think it would have, maybe, maybe, had a different spin if I had one at a younger age, just as, as my students uh, do. For sure, for sure. Uh, Aldrich, how about you? Uh, black male teacher, never. Um, <clears throat> my first black female teacher was in eighth grade. Um, after that, I mean, like like Don said, I. So it was in the band and I had a black band director but other than those two I had even at USC um, I didn't have a black teacher at all so yeah and your perspective is, is very interesting too because uh, being on the collegiate level and then being in the field you're in as a uh, arts fine arts uh, educator as well Jazzy how about you uh, any black male educators um, so for me, I had my first black male educator when I was in middle school. I can't remember which grade. It's probably sixth grade. Um, but his name is Mr. Faulkner. Um, he taught technology. But when you talk about like core subjects, my teacher, my ninth grade year, Mr. Matt, was my first black male teacher. Nice. Nice. And Chad, how about you? Uh, well, I guess I'm in the minority. And, and I know I was very lucky. Uh, I actually had three. Nice. Um, yeah, my first one. I was in fourth grade math, Mr. Arthur Newton. He actually, he actually was in the uh, DO University too now. <clears throat> My second, seventh grade, uh, that was World Geography, Mr. Washington. And last but not least, in high school, he was the famous Mr. Franklin Davis at Spring Valley High School. So, I mean, those three gentlemen definitely made a huge impact. And it's kind of ironic because Mr. Davis, who taught me in high school, told me to my face that I was going to be a teacher, and I looked at him and laughed. And, <laughs> and I was like, "Why? Why would you?" I was like, "No," because I, I I thought I wanted to go to med school and be a doctor, yada yada yada. And he was like, "You don't have the heart for that." He said, "You have a heart for people. You have a heart to to help and serve." And he was like, "You will be a great teacher." And then he saw me at like a career fair. He he just looked at me and laughed and shook my hand. As I told you. Yeah. And I, 
<laughs> you know, so, you know, people like him, you know, definitely make it worthwhile to be in this profession. And all three gentlemen made a huge impact on how I looked at school um, because of what they brought. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's, I mean, yeah, you're definitely an anomaly. Uh, I I have gone through, you know, like you, a master's program, all the way through a master's program, and I have not had one black male educator. Not one. Uh, that is over, I think I counted it up. It's like over, I did five years of college, so 17 years of schooling, a uh, little more, you know what I'm saying? No black male educators. I, like Audric, I had my first black male, female educator in the third grade, Miss Manigo. Never forget her. Uh, she was like, when you think about like strong black women like that, you see Miss Manigo. Uh, she was tall and uh, she was in the military as well. So she had a very, her voice projected as well. So, um, yep, that was her. And then I think not until middle school, I had a black math teacher, uh, super sarcastic. Like, she, uh, <laughs> I, I, like, I was not good at math. So, like, her sarcasm did not help my situation. Uh, as a, and then I think continuing on, um, you get into high school English, uh, and then after that, yeah, it was it was it took maybe two more uh, college professors who taught like minority health um, for my public health minor, and then my uh, senior thesis because I was a history major was in American education, and Dr. Valinda Littlefield was my senior thesis uh, course instructor, and she taught in the African American Studies department as well. So. Um, yeah, no black male educators. And it's interesting, Chad, that you mentioned uh, that experience. Like it's you, you can already see the power that black male educators have. Right. And, and what teachers in general see in students like those those teachers who see like, yeah, you're going to be this uh, when you grow up and it, and it comes to pass. But now to, to have that experience or just to see that power within another black male saying you, sir, will be a, another educator like myself as well. And, and it's interesting that you guys mentioned the band teachers or whatever because normally when we talk about black male teachers what are they doing coaching coaching right they're coaching something teachers and coaches yeah yeah they got they're a PE teacher and you know if you're an educator whatever you're teaching you know that's that's fantastic but like I asked the question where are the nerds you know what I'm saying where where the where the black nerds in there yeah yeah for sure you know like that's really prevalent and um at, at USC because it is a PWI. Um, I was having a conversation with Sid and my LBs and just I had a student ask me a question that I've never been asked and he said like how do you feel being like what does it mean to you to be a black man? What does it mean to you to be a black artist? And I had never been asked that. And for a second, I mean, I didn't even I didn't even have an answer because, you know, nobody ever sought to me. You know, I didn't have any black role models to make sure that I asked myself that question, you know, because as a white teacher, you're more than likely not going to think to ask a black student those types of questions. And it just kind of blew his mind that. One, I did do sports. I did football, track, basketball, and yet I still do fine arts. And just to see that dynamic, he was like, I thought I was alone, you know, with my black friends. Like, nobody watches anime the way that I do. Just little things like that. And for him to ask me that, I could already tell him, tell that just being in my class, you know, helped him get through his next few years and that was big for me because I didn't realize that I had that type of impact until he asked me that question yeah that's huge that's huge and it's funny that you mentioned like the anime thing because like I know a ton of black people who like anime <laughs> like a ton you know what I'm saying my my TL sometimes my timeline on Twitter be all anime stuff sometimes mm-hmm. you know 
so I don't I don't watch it as much. I actually found uh, a baseball related one that a friend put me on that I'm gonna watch. Uh, oh, so I'm definitely that might that might get it rolling. You know what I'm saying? I may be like texting, tweeting y'all like, yo, have you <laughs> have you caught this? So, but yeah, that was my that was one of the questions I had. I was like, why are all the black male teachers usually coaches, right? Or you know, because a lot of rules in the district say that in order to coach or be a head coach, um, you have to be an educator. Uh, and as well, um, so why do we see that, right? Why do we? Why do we just it become? I, I think it's a great opportunity because there's mentoring and coaching, but why do we really only see coaches as the, the teacher? And they're probably teaching like social studies. <laughs> I mean, some, like connection-wise, man, because they they. No, I I actually started out coaching when I first uh, I was in. I, I love the, the rural district, so I was in Clarendon County. Yep. I started. That was, you know, that's how I got started off coaching. And it was like, all right, we got somebody else, you know, put in position. And then, I mean, a lot of people not rushing the rural districts anyway. So when they, you know, you got a male in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. you're gonna put you there, especially a black male, and that's something that that is, that's gonna immediately connect you to the students there. Um, sure. yep. <clears throat> I definitely don't frown upon that, but um. It just steps out to show them that, that, that we can do more outside of sports. And that was a great avenue, you know, for me to get started in the education profession and to reach out to my students. Um, it was my, my, my first three years. Those probably those a great three years because um, I'm, I'm still connected to my students and my players that I had then. They'll send me a message every now and then on Twitter. So it was a great, great connected with them. Yeah. But I, I, I just imagine that's you know, initially, what they can see, because when you when you're in a in a a black man in education, I saw Chad. Actually, we talked about this for a minute not too while ago about how they a lot of times they force black men to be disciplinarians. Yeah, um, yeah, but if we can, you know, I, I use that as an avenue to get to what what really needs to be the focus that their academics and uh, helping them out through that because. Once I, you know, got into uh, spread into coaching, I use that as another avenue to. All right, now that I got them, you know, I'm head coach. Before we pick up a basketball, we doing homework. First thirty minutes, if we practice in an hour and a half, thirty minutes, take them books out. I'm coming around to everyone and see that out, to check that out, so we can, you know, not that we're just focusing, you know, your your your, your sports, or whatever. That's not gonna last forever. Forever, you can blow a knee. Everyone's not gonna make it to the league, but what you put in your head, um, help them help them out through those avenues. So I don't think it's a bad bad thing that they get. You know, uh, black men educators into sports, but we do need. I think it's we need to be responsible for making that blossom. Yeah, and I don't want to paint it as a bad thing, like you said. It, I don't. I don't fault anyone if that's the avenue to get them there. Uh, you know, so be it. You know, I have a whole nonprofit that's focused on sports, but it's not the only focus, right? It's a way to engage. I think my question is: is like you said, Don, is can we show them or? can we create pathways that is directly like regardless of sport regardless of whatever like a kid grows up and he says i haven't played a sport in my life but i know i want to be a math teacher because i love math i love the concept of math and i want to teach it to other kids as well uh so that's a good transition point i want to ask another question um as we talk about uh, some of the things you said, Don, about connecting with kids and, you know, how you're able to, to do that. So um, how do kids react when they see uh, you all in the classroom? Right. And then, you know, when when you walk in, you know, when, yeah, like I'll, I'll never forget because uh, I've like, been the story like Don. I was out my first school was in a rural district in uh, Dorchester, Florida, a little small town called St. George. Mm-hmm. Like a big schools total. The middle school I taught, I had 300 kids in it. And so um, when they saw me, like immediately all the black kids' eyes like got like this big. And they're like, oh snap. And then and like all the parents were like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you. I, my, my child has never had a black male teacher. I'm so excited. And you know, and like in my first year, you know, it was a challenge, but it was definitely something that I always cherished because those students still to this day, you know, hit me up, 
tell me how they're doing. I check on them. I, I, I see their progress. Um, you know, that it was a great experience because, and, and they made teaching fun because it was, you know, I could, it, it was the cultural difference, you know. I didn't have many discipline problems. And it, it's kind of funny because I used to hate it when white teachers would say, well, well, how come you can talk to them like that and they don't get mad at you? And I'm like, damn, it's... it's Jazz, it's Jazzy's pointing like, that's it. That's it. That's like, it. It's, it's, it's how you approach it. It's, it's how you build those... It's, it's just how you build with them. You can't yell at them all day and expect for them to react to you. You know, I, I said, no, don't don't get it twisted. Like, they know not to try me. But at the same time, I give them that same respect and they understand that I care about them more than anything. Like, I want them to flourish. I want them to do to go on and do great things. And they know that I that I have their best interest. Yeah. But just strictly, you know, like being harsh, push, 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 and you have no type of common ground. You don't try to build anything with them. Then that's then that's when you lose them, and then that's when you get a rebellious class. You know, so but um, it was always a warm feeling to see the students light up when they see it, and then to hear the younger because I thought seventh grade, so sister, but all the Smith, I can't wait to have you next year, and so you know, to, so so to hear comments like that, you know, always warm my heart, and that solidified that I was doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's and that's huge, too. And I can tell just by your explanation of those situations that you 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 talk to them a certain way, too, that they understood. You know what I'm saying? Your language was was very uh, relatable. So, Jazzy, you were pointing like, yeah, I can recognize that. So I know you've you've seen it. So give us your perspective from seeing some of the students you might have had. And then they jump to having a black male educator maybe the next year or the same year and, and some of them improve. Yeah. So for me, it's it, like everything he hit on was like key. You have to build relationships. Like when they say relationships is key, like that's that's it. Like you have to begin to build relationships with kids, whether you're male, female, black, white, whatever. Kids are not going to respond to you until you meet them where they are. So my experience, I've taught in nothing but Title One schools. Um, and so will you explain you have, what Title One is? You have kids who are coming from everywhere. Um, and everything and have seen and done and you know so you have to meet them where they are Um, and so from my experience like just being a black woman educator in some of the schools that I've taught at because a lot of times you get these like really white teachers who want to teach in these urban schools and these title one schools right and then they don't put a lot of us in there because we're not crazy enough to be paid pennies um, to work in these situations. Talk about it. Talk about it. Right. That's and real. so, but but when those kids see you, like they know, like, and I'm like, I tell people all the time, I will teach a class full of brown boys any day. Give them to me all, like, because it's all about the relationships you can create. Like he was saying, like, I know how to talk to those kids, and they know how to talk to me. It's respecting, and like, I meet I meet their parents where they are. Like I have dads who come in my classroom, hi, but we have a conversation, and we can meet where where we need to meet, and we can get done what we need to get done. Yeah. Like so, it works. But then, like when they see a male teacher, it's a totally different feel. Yeah. Like that male presence is something because you have a lot of kids who come in, especially boys from type like in type one schools. They ain't got daddies. Yeah. They daddies is gone. They daddies in prison. They daddies dead. Like I've seen it and heard it all. And so when they see a black male educator, like that, that's their mentor. They cling to them hard and they don't want to disappoint them. And when they disappoint them, they're distraught. Yeah. Like, so black male educators are like, they're, they're, they're magical in buildings, but they can get misused in a lot of ways when it comes to just. Bridge. Yeah. So uh, that's the part that that's why we're losing them. Yeah. That's not what they signed up to do. For sure. For sure. I, I want to give a, a little talk that I'm not an educator, but one of the things I've always done is tutored. I've enjoyed tutoring uh, and giving back uh, as well. Uh, it seems like they always want to have me tutor math. The subject I am the weakest at. I'm like, yo, can we, can we, uh, can I look? If you need me to help a kid write a social studies paper, oh, they about to drop a straight 100 on that thing, okay? An English paper, I got you. Even science, I could probably work through that. But we talking about math, we getting into algebra one, algebra two, geometry. I was helping at my church maybe three years ago before I moved here to Indy. Uh, I was helping a kid with calculus. 
I never took calculus. Do you know how much Googling I was doing just to get through the <laughs> basics? Fam, I was like, okay, let me put this together. Like, this is the basics of calculus. I was asking friends who took calculus, uh, all my friends who are like engineering majors and all that stuff like that, who like took those high level math courses as well. But I, I tutored at my old high school, which was housing a uh, program that was funded to uh, basically catch students up so they wouldn't be held back. And long story short, there was initially a female black administrator of that program. Um, she eventually left uh, the second year I was there. And I recognized that after she left, the, when the white lady took over, I was the one who always had to be the disciplinarian and make sure they were being checked. And I'm like, listen, I'm just a tutor here, right? Uh, you know, you are with them all day. So behaviors and things like that are some of the things that you have to work on in, in that exchange there. And I can talk to them and say like, hey, respect your teachers, do that, you know what I'm saying? But my job shouldn't be to just be like discipline or whatever. Cause you talk about that misuse or whatever because of that effectiveness, right? Because of that communication, you start to be the disciplinary the whole time versus the actual teacher and mentor. Uh, so, uh, Audric or Don, anything on that uh, experience is about just walking in the classroom. I know Audric, you talked about your connection with that student as well. Go ahead. Anybody, go ahead. I just have to say for Altic, it has to be different because like he's, you know, he's teaching like the level courses, like disciplinarian, like he doesn't have to necessarily be that. Yeah. Like, no, I, I get them. I get them after they've, you know, de- developed into the person that they're pretty much going to be. Um, they've had their, they've had most of their influences. And so, I mean, uh, most of my students, especially being at college level, are athletes. They may need an elective or something. So, you know, they come, I have a lot of track and football people that come in and, you know, they're not really looking at, at me as an inspiration or a mentor or something. You know, they have coaches or other people um, to cling to. So, I don't really have I don't really have an issue as being a uh, like to have to discipline anyone mainly because at this point they know right from wrong they're adult enough to know not to cut up and, and you know if they do being at college level you know I can cuss back a little bit you know so <laughs> <laughs> right right um Cool. So just another fact in here, too, as we talk about black male educators, um, black men make up approximately six percent of the U.S. population. And again, we're still so represented so little in these in these very influential areas as well. Um, You know, and it's crazy. So my brother and I, we went to school in Columbia. Right. And Columbia is approximately like 40 percent black. Right. And you, you would think, like, if the city is almost half black, I should be able to get at least one black male teacher throughout my experience, right? Um, maybe it's because I, I went to school in District 1 and others were in, I mean, excuse me, in, in District 2 and others were in the black male teachers in District 1 or Lexington Richmond 5 or elsewhere, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so it may, maybe that was the case. So I don't know. But um well, that's good. I want to transition to another question, too, um, as well. And I think this is something that, um, uh, Chad, you mentioned, uh, some of your aspiration stuff. Um, do more black men keep teaching or do they jump to the administrative route? Oof. Anybody can answer um, those. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this. We we need more black males in the classroom because um, we only compose of two percent of all teachers in the nation, which is crazy to me. Um, like you know, think of all the teachers in the United States. Yeah. Black men only compose two percent. That's like white, but very anyway. small number. Um, the reason why, and it's my personal feeling, the reason why I jumped to admin is because I realized that if I'm going to truly change the world, if I'm going to truly change the system, it has to be done behind the scenes. Like, when we were younger, you can make an impact in the classroom. But if me, Don, Audrey, and Jazzy are the only teachers who are actually trying to make a difference in a school building, 
then we're the only four classes. Like our students will be the only set of students who will learn something. And we can't, as much as we do these PDs, as, as, as much as we try to mentor and have coaching buddies or whatever, if the other teachers don't take heed to our advice, it's not gonna happen. So the only way to truly impact is to do it on the admin level. And you have to do it in basis of the curriculum, the basis of the policies, like, that's why I told you uh, I, my aspirations is to open my own private school because I have my first master's in curriculum so I can write my own curriculum. I won't be uh, mandated by the state. I literally create my own set of standards. And as long as I, you know, my school is, you know, classified by, you know, the higher ups, or my, my school is legit, then I'm okay. And so, um, but the reason we jump into admin one is for better pay because you got to, you know, teachers. We all know that teachers make the money. And, 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 and listen, I was looking at y'all salary schedules. I could not believe my eyes. I was like, I thought we ain't get paid. Oof. And then you know you talk about you go to school for four years and you got student loans and you come out of college, you making less than forty thousand. Listen, you like but. Human human service fields human human service fields get shafted, okay? We gotta spend like sixty to a hundred thousand dollars just to get an education, right? But then when we come out, we only making like thirty five to forty, you know what I'm saying? Like Oh, thirty five to forty, that's what you made? Try thirty-two. Nah, listen, I started out at twenty nine one one ninety eight, fam. Like that you know, and yeah. I entry level public health job and I've only gone up about <laughs> twenty thousand since then, you know what I'm saying? Man, and I had to get a master's to do that, right? So I had to spend another twenty thousand dollars to go up twenty thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. So Audric, I want to ask you this question too. Um, since you're on the collegiate level, um, do you have any aspirations about either going to the high school level and kind of teaching fine art and getting kids into that way? Or are you still interested in administration at the higher ed level? Because that's an impactful area as well. So I attempted to uh, enter into middle school and high school before. And you you know sometimes you'll walk into a situation and it's may it may not it may not be a, a bad terrible maybe a great situation but it's not right for you. Yeah. I I I don't think I I want to get to kids early. I do because I see if I had somebody a black male teacher I can see how I could have maybe chosen my career path quicker. I could have seen somebody and they could have talked to me more about it. Um, but right now, I, it just feels like I'm called to the collegiate level. I don't know why, but I feel like that's a good place for me to rest. Um, and especially, at least just rest for right now, because especially thinking about all the, the students that come through who, like I said, there's only two there's only two black teachers in the art department at USC. And as of right now, I made the second one and they just hired me full time for the fall. So that means they only had one. And just for them, I mean that I, I think my student asking me that question just kind of solidified like you need to be at the collegiate level i do want to potentially get a tenure position somewhere um i had an opportunity to be a tenure professor at an hbcu but you know based off of my family and all that stuff like what i have to worry about it wasn't what i could do um it wasn't in my um it just wasn't feasible for me to conduct everything that I needed to. But I started thinking, you know, even though I would love to be in the HBCU, I would love it. Maybe showing the kids who do go through a PWI, like, hey, we are here. You're not by yourself. You know, even though you're at a PWI, you do have that black role model or that black person who sees you. 
you know, you're not invisible because there's plenty of times, especially in my major, you don't find a lot of black male fine artists. That doesn't, like, I, I don't really know many, especially in South Carolina. Yeah. So I just want just that small portion, those that small amount, just to see that, hey, I, we are here. We are out here. And even though you are amongst a sea of white faces, like, you are seen, yeah. you know? That's so, important. That's that's so important. So important. Um, yeah, I was about to say that's super important. Like, so we have like this group called Black CFC. Y'all know how white college Charleston is. So um, white, and we have a lot. Yes, yeah, so white. And so our like our like we had a group call the other day, but a lot of our black like faculty and staff were on that call with us. Um, to be able to start thinking about what this change looks like at CFC for the future black and brown students that have to go through those gates. And that's huge. Like, Audric, you're right. You, you, are, you are doing something extremely important. We need to see black people at our colleges and universities because that's like the time in our life where we change the most, where we become ourselves the most. And so with that being said, like if we see ourselves, like my favorite quote is about books, but it's talking about how books are windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors. And like it, if, if we see ourselves, we know what we can be. And that really like impacts us, especially when we're in college. So, I mean, stay the course because you're doing the right thing. Yes, yes. All snaps on that one. All snaps. Yeah, that's important, right? So we we talk about, you know, like I said, Chad was fortunate enough to have three black male educators, you know, but, you know, we all made it to college, right? And we, we talk about, the, we see the study, the impact it has for black male teachers sending black boys to college, right? So where Audric is at, one of the things in my time working with the USC Black Alumni Council and other black alumni um, organizations around the nation, we see that once we get to college at these predominantly white universities, we, we become dots in this little, on a white uh-huh. sheet of paper, you know? And we're, we're asking, okay, I came from a predominantly, my, my high school was predominantly black, right? Still didn't have a black male educator, but I saw a lot of black people, saw a lot of black teachers, right? Uh, then I moved to, initially to University of Alabama, uh, but then to USC. And it's like, boom, right? One out of every so often, you know, it's you, your classes, you're, you're one of the few. And me starting out as a nursing major, I was the only black male <laughs> and one of few black people in there. You know what I'm saying? And Aldrich, you're talking about two black professors at a school that has, mm, I think USC is hitting close to 40,000 students now, right? Uh, It's getting up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are growing every single year. And you only got two black professors in the whole arts department. I know a lot of people who are artistic, probably want to study art, film, the fine arts, and yet that representation is not there. So like Jazzy said, it is important on all these levels, right? We got to create this whole pipeline, this whole pathway, uh, because not only do they need representation in the in the school, you know, high school, middle school, elementary school, they need it in college too, right? Because then that that development is coming, things are changing, and they need to be able to find that guidance because oftentimes they get there and they're on their own, right? They don't, they're first generation college students. They don't have anybody to say what classes to take. Uh, we, could, we could spend all day talking about advisors, right? How important black advisors are uh, at the collegiate level. Y'all but had them? I had none. I had none. Well, yeah. Oh, right. I was about to say, y'all had them? Let me find out. I had none. I had none. Um, no. Yeah. So we got about 20 minutes left, and I want to ask uh, two more questions to y'all. Um, that I think are important too, and then we'll close out. Uh, so the first one is, how do we get more black males to teach other than raising pay and doing student loans, right? Xing those out, right? How do we get more? Oh man, come on, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. How many of y'all want to call me Mister? <laughs> that was my go-to. That was my go-to. <laughs> There's gotta be a. I know. Listen, I know. I know that would. I know that would sell the farm. Trust me. If they told me right now, they said Cedric, if you go into the classroom in Lawrence County right now for five years, and we will wipe out your student loans. Guess where I'm going? Lawrence County. Lawrence County. I'm gonna set me up a farm. You know what I'm saying? Probably make me some you moonshine. Too, right? Some, yeah. Listen, I'm gonna have me a nice lifted truck and everything. Yeah, we are gonna be in there. Yeah, we 
Yeah. Oh, I'm you go- going extra country. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> five years by G. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going all out. I'm going all out. You know what I'm saying? I want to lift the truck anyways, but yeah. To wipe out them student loans, trust. I will do it. And all them kids gonna be my best friends for five years. Uh but outside of that, right? So if we if because because finances are such a tough thing, right? Um and, and the U.S. government regulates so much of education and our our the way we fund education is is so flawed. Right. Again, we could spend a whole episode on that. Maybe we will. We'll bring you guys back. Uh, so outside of the money and the student loans, what are some ways you all think we can recruit? So Jazzy's got her hand up. So I'll let you go. Raise my hand like I'm in school. Um, I watched the broadcast. There's this guy. Um, he's a male teacher. He teaches high school. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Where are most of your male teachers at, though? You'll usually find them in, like, high school, right? So it's very rare that you find a male teacher in elementary school. But one of the things, his name uh, on um, on Instagram, I think it's, like, Call Me Shibby or something like that. He's based out of Atlanta. Um, but he talked about, like, just having black administrators because those are the ones that are gonna try to recruit black males inside of their building. Um, And so that's the start of it all, whether it be a black male or a black female, like those are gonna be the ones to recruit. My principal was super, super, and she's a black female, was super intentional about how many males and black males we had in our building. And like just watching how she like strategically went about doing that, like that makes a big difference. Um, So just having them advocate and then also just like giving them space, like, um, and not micromanaging this. Like, I feel like, yeah, Uh. women, we trust women. (laughs) Like, we know we're going to get shit done. But when it comes to males, it's not the same way. Like, I feel like a lot of times when they're, they get a little bit micromanaged and they get told to do things a certain way because, you know, Miss Good down the hall does it that way, but you have to just allow them to be them. So if they want to, you know, quote some Tupac lyrics in their classroom, because that's how they teach you English that day, let them do it. Well, like that's that's a good thing. I like when you said that because we don't. They they need to know it's an option. Right. Half the yeah. time they, they half the time they think you rapping and going and playing sports is the only option. They don't, don't know it's an option whatsoever. So they just they just assume. But once they start seeing, like, okay, you know. This this is an option for me. Like it's it's not stupid yeah. to think that I can't do this. But even right. creating uh, the relativity between Tupac's lyrics and English, it, it, rap is poetry. You know what I'm saying? Oh. It is. Can we talk about poetry? It? The relative okay. grew from concrete. That is the best English material you could probably ever use. <laughs> like if if, if you so if you are teaching inner city kids, you need to use rap lyrics when you get to to poetry. Can we okay. Talk about it? You, you just need to. And not even when you teach inner city kids. White kids need to know that shit too. They do. They do. Because they listening yeah, I mean, to it and buying CDs. Like the administration, bro. They're saying the N-word when they're rapping the songs anyways. Let's, yeah. let's talk about it. Go ahead, Don. Yeah, I mean, staying, Steven, staying on the administration route, like Jason was saying, um, I think that's, that's, that's super important. Um, they have to see us in those roles and they have to be able to know that you can do that. I mean, uh, being able to, you know, to master, um, master the classroom or, you know, learn as much as you can. And then when you have those, you know, black, get those black male educators, you can show them, you know, the interesting things that you did to, to, to hype your classroom up, to get that, you know, going or whatever. So that, that's, that, there's no, there's no, there's no, uh, hiding reason why I've been in the classroom 10 years. I wanted to master the classroom. Uh, probably gonna be my last one in it before you know moving into the administration. Whoa, because because I see that the difference, and I I, I want to bring more you know young black males into it, and I can help them out. They having a problem in the classroom. I would rather be the one to help them out. Not that other teachers can't, but one a pet peeve of mine in you know in many communities is uh, our public schools are majority black. All right, and nothing against you know white female teachers, but they can't reach them like we can. Nope. Okay, playing those two lyrics, uh, playing uh, doing things with them that they like that they're gonna understand, and that's why that's that's the reason I've been in my district for so long. Hung out. My my principal allows us to do that. Um, she's a black woman. She allows us to reach them how we can, as long as we you know educate them. They're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. Um, Reaching out to them, like I'll show a million video clips of 
uh, if you walk in my Glen, you might think, oh, they, they watching Marvel movies. And no, I found an important, important piece in that movie that has to deal with history. We watched the clips from Wonder Woman because I saw, oh, we doing trench warfare with the World War One. And uh, actually, me and Chad talked about this a few years ago working through Upper Bound. Uh, he was telling me how he did Black Fridays, um, you know, once a week in his classroom for history. And that was something that I was implementing with fifth grade. Even though those things weren't having Black history moments in them, I found them in that standard. All right, reached out to them like, hey, uh, we're we're all through history. Oh, of course. Oh, we are history. Okay, we are history. Let's let's get that straight. We are history. Okay, black folk are history. Audric, we'll go to you. Uh, Chad, and then we'll go to you. But one thing I noticed is that uh, they also need to know that they don't have to compromise themselves. Yes. Um, we have a lot of people, especially who go to PWIs, they feel like they have to be whitewashed. <laughs> and one thing that I told myself that when I go into grad school, my teachers are going to know that I'm black. I will not hinder myself. I will not cover up anything. If I say, if I want to say that's white people shit, I'm going to say like I'm going to say it in front of them. That's just, but that's how I am, right? So. I think they're starting to appreciate that. And some of the people, some of the students that I have, they're like, this this dude kinda cool. You know what I'm saying? He's not he's not he's not hello. You know, Kumlade, how you doing? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not you know, I'm I'm from the country. I'm from Greenwood, South Carolina, you know? And that's that's how I act, that's how I'm always act. And I and it's it's very hard for students to understand that. You know, you can be yourself. You can actually be black and still be professional. Some people act like that's that's a that's a thing. Okay, and another so thing, not? they're not giving all the details um, mm. in these majors. So when people say, "Yeah, you can be a teacher," what's the first thing they're going to do? Oh, I'm gonna be teaching math and just only this and only that. No, no, there's so much more that you can do with these, you know, with these degrees. I mean, we we're only taught surface level things. So to have a black man or somebody who can be like, yo, I know they only told you that, you know, you can do this surface level teaching, but there's so many, many more levels to it that you can upgrade to or you know, branch off to. That's 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 big. That's, that's huge, Aldrich, man. That's huge. Showing them like, hey, you, you ain't just got to do this. You ain't got to be born, you know, Mr. Feeney in the classroom. Right. Hey, man, Mr. Feeney was a G, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we liked Mr. Feeney. Chad, give us what you got, man. Yeah, uh, I was going to, so I was going to piggyback off of uh, Jazzy. Um, when she said uh, to, to recruit, uh, I was going to say not all, unfortunately, because then I have a story, but not all black women and black men want to recruit black males. I've actually been told to my face, um, we don't want that kind of crowd because we have to watch who we bring in. And, you know, that's politics because, you know, you have magic programs and, you know, they don't want the the image of, oh, we've now become a black school and we have these magnet programs that are geared towards the white students. <clears throat> and so the white parents will feel, mm, for lack of better words, they'll be fearful when they walk the halls, right? Like I had a student, <laughs> when I came back home to Columbia, um, I, I, I taught at Dent for two years. My first year at Dent, I had a seventh grader. I lie to y'all now, 6'3", 240. <laughs> seventh grade. <laughs> yes, sir. And it was on, called him Big, Call him, call him Andre the Giant. He's he's literally big, black boy. I'm talking black, like you're so black. Like and I guarantee you, every white teacher in that building was scared his ass. Scared, scared. You know it. And so, and, 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 you know, to see him walk around, but he had a baby face, so you knew he was young. But to see, like, white teachers, like, eyeball him used to infuriate And I'm just like, like, y'all really gonna be scared of this? Like, you act like he's here to harm people. The boys get to learn just like everybody else. And so, you know, talking, because the school I was at, 1,300 kids in the middle school, two black middle teachers in the whole school building. 
Two seems to be the magic number. Two percent, two at USC, two there. Two is the magic number. Listen, we can start going over two. Like, uh, school's getting a little dark here. You know, we got two. We got two. Get a little dark. Ain't ain't the other one mixed? That's the quota. The other guy's mixed, so maybe we can get another mixed guy in here. (laughs) Two two and a half. Three, three, three. Three. His mother's white. So we can, you know, we'll. <laughs> he can pass. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, but seriously, like we, I think that is that is the ultimate way, um, is to recruit, and we have to be intentional, and we have to be real with our black men when we tell them about, hey man, you can be very impactful in the classroom. Um, let me show you how, you know. Yeah. And recruit, and I wish every school, every college in the state had. But unfortunately, they don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mister is a wonderful program. Um, if for those of you who don't, who, who don't know what that is, it's a program to black males into um, teaching. Uh, Clemson has it. Uh, Coastal has it. has it. Has, yes, College Charles has it. I think every school just about has it, except USC. Go figure, right? right. Um, <laughs> except USC. So and um, but having just those connections and really really diving into what it means to be a black male educator I think would be a great selling point because when you have kids who who grew up in a tough environment and then they realize the impact that you made or a black male made with them and they realize and understand you know what I can pay that forward you know like you know there could be a kid out there because I was always told you won't reach them all, but as long as you reach one, that one will spark another one, and that one will spark another one, and then eventually you'll have this snowball effect of your one impact on that student, how that created and caused you know great things to happen. So um, that's just what I try to keep my mindset. On. For so, sure, and, for sure. They focus and. That arena. That's so, good stuff. Recruit, recruit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's big. Like, I think about Tyler Perry all the time when he talks about creating a table. Like, as black administrators, like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like, you're creating that table for other people to sit at. And that's my principal's biggest thing. Like, she was just like, okay, that's cool. Y'all don't want to make a room for us at the table? I'm going to create my own and I'm going to bring in my people so that I can start showing you that black teachers are excellent and we can do great things. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can, you can simply look at all the people that have come from historically black colleges and universities, the amount of black educators that are there on that level. Why cannot that be the same at the elementary, middle, and high school levels? You know what I'm saying? Like, these same educators you know what I'm saying something we once were right because we had we weren't allowed to read and write and, and learn you know what I'm saying and when we got that power we ran with it you know what I'm saying and, I, and I'll talk to the point about you know Chad you have two master's degrees and you might tell people that and people are like why you got all that education why are you doing all that why why you keep going back to school you know what I'm saying and, you know and obviously you know people you all know everybody doesn't have the same mindset you know what I'm saying all all skin folk ain't kin folk you know what I'm saying and, and 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 we have to recognize that you know we have to uh like you said jazzy create that table and and everybody's not going to get it and the same story that you talked about chad uh about everybody who is not going to recruit you just because you are black you know what i'm saying because of certain stereotypes and whatever they fall into or whatever so we got about 10 minutes left i want to ask probably the most important question i have uh of this one of this interview here but before i do my brother offered some ideas um one of them he talked about actively recruiting groups of black men um black student unions fraternities athletes obviously uh is one way uh he said start paying future teachers in college right and i don't know if that's a thing already uh where you can kind of earn some money uh, <laughs> athletes don't get paid yeah that wouldn't be Uh, And then he said, have student black student unions and clubs for black students in high schools that are majority white. Right. Start kind of creating this hub for them uh, and showing them that education is a good route. Uh, Expose them to all things, but education being kind of like the premier um, focus of it. Okay. All right. So uh, we got, like I said, about seven minutes left. I want to ask the most important question on here for all of you as educators. Um, and that is, why did you start teaching? 
and why is it important? So whoever wants to jump off, go ahead. Uh, I come from teachers and my grandmother was a math teacher. My grandfather was the science teacher. My mother, um, she taught and she's currently in, uh, um, she's a counselor for a school. And uh, I love kids, I love the youth. And you know, coaching is just something about passing on knowledge that I didn't get. Uh, it didn't really hit me because I always said, I wanna help people, I wanna help people. And I mean, I tried, I, I went to all kind of avenues. I even tried retail and I was like, yeah, I'm helping people, but it's not making an impact. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm helping people, but I'm still getting cussed out, you know, for 25 cent extra on your phone bill. Like this. Hey man, I just got some stories between Altel and T-Mobile. He's got some I got stories. All stories. But, <laughs> But that invite, like I, I realized that I love to learn myself and being in an environment where uh, students are itching to learn. They're like, I want to, I really want to be here, you know? And I think that's why I got pulled to the college level because, you know, in high school, depending on the student, it can, it, for them, it can seem like a, a task or a chore. Like I, I got to go to school, but in college, you do have those who think that, but there are so many others that are like, yo, how can I apply this? Like, I really wanna learn, this is cool. Like, I wanna know how to do this. So like that learning environment gets me amped up. I get so excited to go to class. So this is why like this coronavirus situation is online teaching. It bothers me so much because I enjoy the classroom. I physically get joy when I walk through those doors and I'm like, yeah, I'm here. That's how it should be. So, all right, Jazzy. Um, so for me, school was a safe place. Um, I grew up in a house with um, domestic violence. Um, and so school has always been a safe place. I've always found really good mentors, really like the people that I could talk to when my mom was working 12 and 16 hour shifts once she finally left um, my abusive stepfather who just poured into me um, and saw that I could be more than I even imagined. Um, I wanted to be a biomedical engineer when I was in high school. I didn't necessarily see myself. Um, I took an engineering class with a coach. Um, go, go figure. And of course, guess who was in my classroom? A bunch of white people who play baseball, basketball, and the likes. And so for me, like why I have the position that I have now um, is because like I think black girls need to see themselves in STEM fields. And although I'm not a biomedical engineer, I can show up in that classroom and be as nerdy as I want to be. And those girls see that and they buy into it and they know that they can do it too. So for me, it's kind of a twofold. Like school's a safe place for me and I wanted to create that for students. Um, but then also I wanted black girls to see themselves in STEM fields and know that that's something that they can obtain and be and do as well. So Yeah. And we talk about the impact that black male teachers have on, on black boys but I think that impacts is just as equal for, for black females black young black girls as well and, and vice versa uh, I definitely think it's important because black boys aren't the only ones without fathers right black girls grow up without fathers as well and they still Absolutely. need to see that role model it's it's a different stance right they need to see how a man can be supportive can be there for them as well uh, I'm not saying they need men you know what I'm saying but you know if they're um, you know that support system is still there for them as well uh Don? Uh, I, I didn't, I guess similar to some of y'all, I, I didn't really, I didn't major in education. Um, as, as all through undergrad, I, I would work at the Boys and Girls Club in Columbia um, from so, sophomore, junior, senior year. And that is something that, that, that grew on me, seeing, seeing the impact that I had on those kids there um, during those three years, those kids, I was at the same school for those three years. So seeing those kids grow up and eventually go to middle school. Um, and then, you know, after after uh, undergrad, I had an opportunity to go, you know, go, like I said earlier, into, into Clarendon County, where they had an amazing grant program to, uh, starting up, work with uh, like five other uh, black men working on us getting our master's degree in education, which is um, how I got my 
and those three years down in uh, Clinton County just, you know, pushed me further into it. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm loving this, the impact that I'm that I'm having, uh, being able to reach out. So that, that definitely put me there. And like Aldrich, I got educators in my family. My sisters, uh, my older sisters teach special ed in Sumter County. Uh, the middle school we grew up at, or we went to actually, uh, got cousins that are administrators, principals, um, teachers in other schools and coordinators, things like that. So it was almost something like, I guess I tried to ignore it. Uh, mm-hmm. college, and then it just came back around and slapped me. Like, nah, you, you know who you're supposed to be. So uh, <laughs> so that's, that's, how, that's how I ended up in it, man. Chad, Chad is, and he gonna, he's going <laughs> to finish this out because he he's resonating. That one touched yes, the spirit. Sir, most definitely, man. Same exact word. Um, I, I come from a family of educators. Uh, my grandfather uh, taught for years. I have loads of us and uncles who were principals, administrators, counselors. All that. My mom taught for out. So, um, so I I was always pushed to major in education in undergrad, but I was like, nah, I'm going to be a doctor. So I majored in biochemistry. And then, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, I love chemistry. You know, I'm 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 actually dual certified in science and history. So that's awesome. But yeah, so but <laughs> then when I transferred to Carolina, I went back to uh, uh, Upper Bound as a as a as a tutor and a counselor. And I was in Upper Bound high school student, so that gave me great joy. And then just tutoring, man, and then doing the counseling thing, and then. I met Don uh, in the summertime that we were teaching together. I was like, yo, this is crazy. And like, so like with Don, I was, I was running from it because I was like, man, they don't get paid, man. I'm trying to get some, I'm trying to get some money. <laughs> hey, bro, like, I was looking at the salary. I was like, yeah, that works, but <laughs> I, I need some money. But, you know, it's true, man. Money can't buy this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would rather wake up every morning with joy in my heart, knowing what I'm about to go do, then walk into a hospital or a doctor's office and dread. I, I may be getting paid. It's just like, bro, this is not what I like. This is not feeding my soul. Um, and teaching and teaching does. Um, having that impact does feed my soul. So I gave in to it, man. And I, and I really do feel like this is my life's purpose is to educate. So for sure. That's powerful. Uh, I so it's funny. I'm not an educator, uh, but I do love interacting and working with kids. Obviously, that's why I have my nonprofit and stuff like that. And I recognize the impact that as a black male that I can have on others and what I can do in my presence. Just just simply being there, you know, what I'm saying uh, is such a huge thing. So my grandmother was an educator. Um, My mom is an educator by trade, a special education teacher. Uh, She did that for a long time. And, And I think that's another area where if we're talking about lacking, I mean, that is that is lacking. <laughs> we talk about why though. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, we'll we'll continue these episodes, right? I may have just have to have my my strict cast of educators to to uh, <laughs> to get back to these education topics. But no, I really appreciate y'all uh, talking about all this uh, and everything. And uh, this was some good conversation here. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I would really love, you know, to one day be able to do a round table. You know, we're just sitting and, and, and kicking it. I see Don was sipping on some whiskey or something in there, man. I see you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So with that, with you. don't worry. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My, my wine glass is empty. Let's go. Let's go. There we go. I, I had some juice. Yeah, they had it. Listen, uh, you know. When that juice in my cup. Hey, we know. Oh. Listen, go back if you wanted if you. You want to know about that song listeners go back and listen to the lyric lounge where justin and i broke down uh pants sagging so that was a great episode all right so with that being said uh black male teachers matter uh research shows the impact they all have on students but especially young black boys and black girls of course i hope this episode falls upon the ears of educators administrators and school boards alike uh there needs to be a consistent intentional and strategic plan to get more black male educators into the classroom. Uh, it's important, offer incentives like bonuses, pay for books while in school, create pipelines for exposure to the education field from the time they're in elementary school all the way through high school, groom these kids to be an educator. Uh, I truly believe that our education system needs a whole 
overhaul. Uh, so do something, right? Do something. Um, and I hope that in the future that this isn't an issue we no longer have to discuss. We, we then talk about strictly how do we continue to educate our kids, you know, regardless of race, ethnicity, and everything else. We have diverse numbers in there, uh, and they're able to truly impact our kids. You know, as diverse as our country and student populations have become, so should those who educate them. Uh, so again, welcome you all to season two of Said Talk. Uh, this season, we are taking you higher and giving you more. Uh, I really appreciate all the listeners from season one. Uh, thank you for liking, sharing, and subscribing. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. We appreciate you tuning in and hope you rock with this all season. Uh, listen to Said Talk on your favorite platforms with a few simple clicks. So visit our Instagram and Twitter pages uh, at said underscore talk. Hit the follow button, then click the link in our bio and visit the Said Talk website uh, where you'll find all of season one and season two episodes for your listening pleasure. Uh, if you like Said Talk and you want to see it flourish, be sure to click the link in our bio again and then click support Said Talk. Uh, here you can now send monthly donations to us. All right. So help us get better equipment for the show, better graphics for social media and maybe cover a student loan payment or two. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> all you have to do is put in your card info and forget it like you forget that gym membership that you haven't used in two months uh so big shout out to (laughs) 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 big shout out to our merchandise partners at dr designing uh said talk tees are available by email d.r.creates for you at gmail shop their instagram page at d.r.designing and get all your personal creations there lastly be sure to follow my nonprofit organization palmetto pride sports a 501c3 low cost club and travel sports organization dedicated to exposing minority youth to sports with low minority representation. Uh, these sports include but are not uh, limited to lacrosse, volleyball, soccer, baseball, softball, and tennis. Uh, we seek to develop versatile citizens through education, exposure, and empowerment. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Palmetto Pride 803 and on Twitter at Pride Sports 803 and visit our website www.palmettospridesports.org to learn more and donate because that's important. Uh, all donations are tax deductible. So be like the rich folk and get all your money back when you dump it into a charity. I got a good one. Uh, so that's all I got. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, thanks for listening.